It's the Atop the Pitbox podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome back for another episode of the Atop the Pitbox podcast. I'm Zach Dick, along with my par- partner, Josh Rolfus. We're going to touch base on the Coca-Cola 600, talk about St. Louis, and preview Sonoma. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing well, Zach. How are, how are you doing? Oh, it, we just got hit by hail at my house, so that that's never fun. But, you know, the podcast takes precedence, so we got to get this done. I, I like the dedication. I know you're you're probably stressing about your your insurance claims that you have to do, and we're we're battling some internet connections here. So uh, glad to see you on it after you know we missed the last missed a week there, and uh, glad to be back. So good For to sure. hear from I, you. Yeah, yeah, same to you. I felt weird felt weird not having a podcast last week. So hopefully that's the only one that we miss the, the rest of the year. Yeah, Norton had to take a vacation, and so he. We kind of took a vacation with him, so it, it is what it is. So, uh, But before we get going too far, we just want to say thanks so much for listening each week to the podcast. It, it really does mean a lot to us. Uh, you know, We have a lot of fun doing this podcast and hope that you also enjoy it. And if you are enjoying it, please uh, you know, help us spread the word. Let every person in the league know about this so that they can, they can enjoy us, enjoy it with us each week. So... Thanks again, and and let's get into the into the race recap. So we got we got two of them this week, Zach, because we gotta make up for for lost time. So you want to start with Charlotte, your second yeah, favorite race? Yes, yeah, for sure. So we'll we'll keep this short and sweet. Charlotte, I thought it was a fantastic race. Uh, pretty wild at the end, some crazy wrecks. First next gen car that we've seen flip and land on its top with Chris Buescher. I know he wasn't. He wasn't very pleased with how long it took the safety crews to get him back over, so maybe they can work on that. Um, but overall, I thought the race was fantastic. It was probably one of the fa- my favorite races this year from a viewership standpoint. And, and kind of like we talked in the last podcast, I think that race in itself just proved why Charlotte Motor Speedway needs to be the home for the all-star race moving forward. So we'll see if we can make that happen. But uh, in regards to Charlotte, the Jeff Gluck poll, 90.6% of race fans said it was a good race, which is crazy to me. It's, it seems pretty high. It was the number two oval track in the poll since the All-Star race in 2019. So it just shows you, uh, you know, the fans really, really liked Charlotte, enjoyed the race. The action was nonstop. Fortunately, it did turn into kind of a demolition derby there at the end, but from an entertainment standpoint, it basically had everything you could ask for. In regards to the stages and then your final winner, stage one was won by Chase Elliott. It looked like he was going to have, you know, he did have a fast car and it looked like he was going to have a good a good, good race. I know that he had some tire issues, I believe. Um, and I don't know, I don't think he was a factor the rest of the race. But stage two was won by Daniel Suarez. Stage three was won by Chastain and and then your eventual winner was was Danny Hamlin, which is unfortunate. Uh, Remind no. me, it's been a couple of weeks, Zach. Who who are our picks for this for this race? I'm glad you brought winners? this up. Yep. So okay. uh, you you may you had some insider info somehow, some way. Picked Danny <laughs> Hamlin. You I tried picked, to talk me out of it. 
I did. I picked Kyle Busch, and what do you know? You you win, and my driver finished the second. So I don't think we'll ever be as close to being right as as we were that race. So that was kind of fun to see our picks there battling, you know, at the end for the win. So thanks for bringing that one up. Yeah, all I could think about is when he went after he won was I almost didn't. I mean, how pissed would I have been if if you talked me out of it and Hamlin actually won? So he he won without his crew chief. So. um yeah, I think that it was a, a pretty good race. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago now, so it's not fresh in the mind. But it was uh, I thought it was a, a, an enjoyable race. And apparently the rest of uh, of the Twitter polls agreed. So what do we why don't we jump into the most recent race and in St. Louis? So um, any any kind of basic information on St. Louis since we didn't have Zach's track facts last week? I thought it was the fun facts. No, Zach's no, we facts. got Zach's, Zach's track facts. Zach's track <laughs> facts. All right, we're starting something new. Uh, I love it. No, it's so NASCAR. It, it. I don't think they'd ever been to Gateway before. I think it's called Gateway. I, I don't think they've ever been there before. That you know they've had Xfinity and truck racing there in the past. It's kind of an odd shaped track. It's kind of a cross between Phoenix, Richmond, a little like Darlington, where turns one and two are a little more narrow. And turns three and four a little bit wider, so it's a track that doesn't really exist on the spe- on the circuit today. So that's what kind of makes it unique, and, and it was fun to see him race there. What do you think about that track? Do you do you like it? Are you a fan of the the design? Like I said, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird designed racetrack. It's kind of it's a hybrid of multiple tracks on the circuit. From that standpoint, it's unique. It sticks out. The racing in itself, I think they can make some tweaks NASCAR can to make that race more exciting because, you know, as as the race went on, you know, there's there's a couple things that I think needed to be fixed. But from an overall standpoint, I think I think it was a decent race. And I think, you know, they should just try to make it better and keep it on the schedule moving forward. But what are your thoughts on the track and if they should go there? I I liked it. I, I think with some tweaks, I think it could be a little bit better if they can improve the passing and and some of that. Uh, create a little more action in, on the on the track. I think it could be good. Uh, I just am a fan of of unique tracks. So having a a narrower end and a wider end and just kind of keeps the drivers on their toes. And and it I think is just a little bit better than you know just a a standard oval. Um, so I I'm a fan of it. I like it. If they can make it work. I think it's it's good. But I guess we'll kind of see how they how they tweak it for future races if they end up going back there. So. Yeah, no, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, listen to some drivers and just what they said after the race. There, there was a lot of them that really liked racing there, but the one that sticks out to me is Ryan Blaney. He he thinks NASCAR should bring a softer tire to the track. If you look, if you remember, there were some drivers that were on, on the same tires or at least the right side tires for 120 to 150 laps, and at a at a speedway like that, that shouldn't be possible. So. If you can bring like a softer tire where you have tire uh, fall off, you know, where strategy has to come in play and tires really do matter or mean something, I think that would be step one. And then he also talked about maybe throwing some, throwing some more can or taking some camber out in the right rear so that the tires do wear faster because the tires are just so hard apparently and the, and the tire fall off isn't there. So it enabled guys to do a lot of things that you typically couldn't do at a speedway racetrack in regards to two tires instead of four and things like that. So hopefully, 
hopefully they make some tweaks to make the race more exciting next year. But I think it's definitely a good start. Let's talk about the race here. Let's let's start with stage one. Uh, Chase Briscoe led for about 30 laps before his left rear tire went down. He ended up going one lap down, which allowed Sindrick to take the lead. So Austin Sindrick led this stage pretty much kind of coasted through it. Um, but the real interesting note was the foreshadowing of the Hamlin Chastain battle. Uh, call this round one if you want, but they, they kept, they were, they were going at each other and, and shit. Ross Chastain was trying to pass Hamlin and couldn't get around him. And you knew it was frustrating, but uh, we will see how it comes to fruition in, in stage two, but uh, a good battle between Hamlin and Chastain. And, and then Cindric, wins the stage overall a pretty standard stage anything that jumps out at you zach no it, I, the only thing that really stands out in stage one is just you know tire issues again i mean briscoe was leading leading for 30 laps or so and and then he blows his left rear tire it seems like all these tire issues right now are the left rear so uh, you know this has become a storyline all year it doesn't seem to be going away and unfortunately, a bit, a bit, or uh, Chase Briscoe there in stage one. Yeah, I think it's going to be something that we just we're going to be talking about every week. It's it's not it doesn't seem to be going away at this point. So, um, stage two, this is where it started to get a little fun. So we've got Blaney who takes the lead after the restart, and at lap sixty-five, Chastain runs into Hamlin and wrecks him. So. What are your thoughts at this point, Zach? So, like you said, they were they were battling almost the entire you know stage one, and and Chastain tried to do some some passes, and unfortunately he just couldn't he couldn't complete the pass. And I don't know if it was frustration or what, but unfortunately there in stage two he just got too hard into turn one and and tapped him way too hard and Hamlin hit the wall. I, I, it didn't look intentional. And he, he came out and said it wasn't intentional. He's, he was just driving way above his head, which at least he took, you know, ownership for his mistake. But this just foreshadows, you know, those two and, and what happened the rest of the race. At that point, Kyle Busch is your leader and Hamlin goes a handful of laps down and actually gets in Chastain catches him and Hamlin kind of messes with him. And, you know, you kind of tell that he was he was not happy with with Chastain at that point, trying to send a message. Um, lap 95, Ryan Blaney blows a left rear. So we just talked about the issues with Briscoe and the left rear. Here's Blaney with the left rear. Um, and then lap 102, Chase Elliott is wrecked by none other than Ross Chastain again. So not a very good day for Ross Chastain making friends out there. Um, Bubba Wallace and Harrison Burton were also involved in that wreck. And you wondered what was going to happen. You, two big <laughs> name drivers just got taken out. And, you know, Hamlin went down a handful of laps. Elliot was able to recover a little bit. Um, and then <laughs> worst case scenario for, for Chastain, he's got, they go back green and Hamlin or Chase Elliott gets him first and taps him into the wall. And then who's there behind him is is his buddy Denny Hamlin and gives him a little bump as well. So um, pretty interesting turn of events in stage two. 
Yeah, you you couldn't have wrote that better from a storyline standpoint there you know when you're you're watching the race and you you see chase you know he bumps him once and then bumps him twice and really kind of roughs him up and sends him up the track and then daddy hamlin's right there to sandwich him so that the you know mike joy and and clint boyer were just having a time of their lives up in the booth like you can't make this stuff up this is prime entertainment for us fans at home so uh again chastain came out he said you know he didn't mean to do both of them uh, he, he was driving over his head, which again, it's, it's great that he took ownership for it. I looking forward, you gotta, you gotta think Hamlin might, might try to wreck him moving forward. He He's come out and, and said some pretty stern stuff about it. I don't we'll think see it's if he, might. Well, you, you, you just it's never know anymore. You, you never know. You never know if they're just all talk or if he's actually going to do something. So that's just another storyline that we need to follow. You know, you got Logano Byron, you got, Hamlin Chastain. It makes it fun for us as as fans. If you have them on your fantasy teams, you're a little nervous because you don't want your driver taken out. But uh, I guess we'll just have to follow the rest of the year and see if Hamlin does does do what he says or if he's you know all talk and and they've kind of you know he sent a message. He he basically just messed with them the entire race after that. So I think he's made his message, but we'll see if he actually tries to wreck him moving forward. Yeah, there later in that later in stage two. Um... Denny Hamlin was, like I said, multiple laps down and just swerving in front of Chastain to make sure that he couldn't get around him. And and Ross doesn't want to, to wreck him again, so he's doing everything he possibly can to to not hit him. But um, And then he almost doesn't make minimum speed, which would have been hilarious if he wasn't able to make minimum speed because Hamlin kept, uh, kept messing with him. So, uh, But Chastain does end up making minimum speed and is able to continue. Yeah, there was there was a time there where I'm thinking to myself, you know, Denny ran him down the track the first time. Okay, you've made your point. He, he he's messing with him again. When Chastain was on the you know the uh, the fix it clock or the repair clock and had to meet minimum speed, and and Hamlin was messing with him, there was a part of me that just said, if I'm Ross Chastain, just take him out, take him out again. Like just wreck him. Yes. Get it over with. He's made his point. Now he's acting like an idiot. Take him out. He's not going to wreck you twice for it. You know what I mean? Like he's already probably going to wreck you once, you know, for get your money back. Get your money's worth. Get rid of the problem. He had a fast car. You know, he came back and finished in the top 10. So at that point, there was a part of me that just said, you know what? If Hamlin wants to keep driving like an idiot and acting like an idiot, just take him out so that you can have the nuisance out of your out of your hair for the day. So, but you just said it for the day. So, so if you do that, you you may make some more enemies in in pit road than than just one. So he has he has two team two guys that work for him that I don't know maybe take some orders. It's true, but it got to the point where NASCAR stepped in and actually radioed yeah. Denny Hamlin during the race and said, you've made your point, enough is enough, quit acting like a dumbass, essentially. <laughs> and he, and, laughed, and him he la- <laughs> laughed him off, which I thought was funny. But, but again, it just... Right, basically, you I, ain't seen nothing yet. Exactly. And in all my NASCAR, you know, fanship or, you know, watching the races over the years, I don't know if I've ever seen someone drag it out as much as Danny Hamlin did. So that's why I was thinking at the end, I'm like, man, if I'm Chastain here and he keeps doing this, at what point do you just wreck him, make sure he's out of the race and, and just move on and deal with it later? I mean, it, that seriously crossed my mind. 
Well, and you mentioned earlier that he he came out and apologized, and and really he had one of two ways to that he could have gone about this. He could have played villain and just doubled down and done what you said and just wrecked him, or or just said, hey, you know what, this is racing. If you don't like it, come get me. But he went and said, you know, basically woe is me i'm i am a terrible driver and and i shouldn't be out there if i'm driving like this and and so again it's what he should have done he should have apologized to the field but he, he kind of to me it was a little dramatic but um he reminded of me playing uh nascar heat and playstation and i i yep. <laughs> and just trashing people and everyone's mad at me at the end of the race felt like chastain was just playing video games out there with them so um kind of, yeah for sure so Finishing up stage two, lap 130, Bubba wrecked again by uh, Recky Stenhouse, as, as he's known on the podcast. And uh, a rare pit road penalty. Um, we've had, a, I guess, a couple weeks now where the pit crews have been cleaner, right? The last, There wasn't really any issues in, in the in the Coca-Cola 600, was there? Uh, there might have been some to start the race. There was a couple I I can think of, but for the most part, that was I mean that was a pretty clean race for how long that race was. So, so yeah. So Reddick had that pit penalty, uh, removed the gas can from from the pits. Uh, so he went to the back of the of the field, which obviously hurt people that had him on his uh, on their NASCAR team. Um, and Kurt Busch wins the stage. So after all that drama, Kurt Busch is your stage uh, two winner, which led us into the final stage. Martin Truex, who has rumored to potentially retire at the end of this year. Is he done, Zach? I hope not. I hope not. You can't get a good read on him, you know. It sounds like he's kind of torn. He's got, from what I can tell, he's got sponsorship behind him if he wants to keep racing, but it's up to him if he wants to. So he said he'll let us know here in a couple weeks, and I hope he races at least one more year. You know, he's not having the results that he typically has, and right now he's got the worst average finish in, in his career over the last six years at a modest 13th but you look at him in points you know he's still solid points wise he's starting to show more speed these joe gibbs cars are, are faster so you know we'll we'll know in a couple more weeks but i hope he races for at least one more year so he so he led to start after uh start the final stage with 58 to go reddick's day gets worse and he spins out and gives the lead to Kyle Bush who took the lead on the restart and previewing or foreshadowing what's going to happen at towards the end uh really strong on the restarts all day Kyle Bush was and used it to take the lead there um with 40 to go Ricky Stenhouse spins out for the eighth caution of the day and then on the restart Logano passes uh Kyle Bush for the lead and then we had another caution with Cole Custer with 19 to go. And Kyle Busch took the lead after that restart. So Kyle Busch leads, Logano, Blaney, all battling him. And then we get a caution for Harvick into the wall. So this leads us to overtime. We're going to have a shootout getting ready for, for the madness. Yeah, when when uh, before Kevin Harvick crashed, I mean, I thought Kyle Busch had that race won. Uh, and and honestly, you know, if that caution doesn't come out, I think he does win the race. But man, Kevin Harvick hit hard, and he said on the radio that that was one of the hardest hits he's ever had. And, and the wreck didn't look it didn't look 
all that bad, but apparently these new cars, the hits are just way more harder than they have been in the past, which is kind of alarming because part of this new car is obviously adding more safety features to the car, but it doesn't sound like the hits are, are any softer or easier on these guys. And unfortunately, it sounds like they've only gotten worse. So that might be something to pay attention to as the season goes on as well. Yeah, he he uh, sat in his car for just a couple seconds, just kind of gathering his thoughts before he got out of that car. You could tell he was kind of uh, stunned from that hit. And it, like you said, it wasn't a, a vicious hit. It was just a, a side collision. But going that fast, those those collisions are, are pretty brutal. So over time, we've got Logano versus Kyle Busch. And one of the crazier finishes that I, I remember – um, back and forth, multiple crossovers, fantastic finish, and and Logano pulls out the win. So, um, Kyle Busch finishes second. And thoughts on state on stage three, final stage. Yeah, like I said, I I was really cheering for Kyle Busch there at the end. I I'm thought sure he had a race one before the caution, but even on that restart, when he when he did a crossover on Logano and took the lead. I was like, all right, here we go. But you could tell, you know, he was running the high line. His car must have been really, really loose. And Logano was really making hay through the center there. And then when Logano got past him, I'm like, all right, the race is over. Unfortunately, my second least favorite driver behind <laughs> Denny Hamlin w- wins again. So overall, from a race standpoint, again, I thought the race was really good. I hope NASCAR makes some tweaks so that they can – you know, there's more passing and there's frequent passing compared to what they had. But um, from an overall standpoint, again, grid race, Jeff Gluck's poll, 83.6%. So it wasn't one of the, it wasn't the highest race this year or didn't come close to the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte, but pretty solid feedback from the fans and drivers. And again, if they can just make a couple tweaks here or there, I think St. Louis could turn into one of the, one of the fun races on the schedule. Yeah, agreed. So let's see how it uh, shook Fantasy NASCAR up. Team average last week was 68 points. So pretty standard uh, a week there. And looking at the top 10, so there's wasn't actually a lot of change between Charlotte and St. Louis. Uh, however, we did have quite a bit of change from Kansas to uh to St. Louis. So Tracy Norton has been number one the last two weeks. He stays at number one. That's Tracy Norton number one. And then we have Adam Studer, number two, who's in second place, and he stays in second place. We have up eight spots, Big Sandwich. Not to be confused with Bigger Sandwich or even Bigger Sandwich. This is the original big, just plain old Big Sandwich. Uh, Number four is Carl Edwards, and Carl Edwards stayed at number four from last week. Also, Staying in number five is Taylor Schleiss, so no change for either one of those two. Tammy Colby was up two spots to number six. JP uh, stayed at number seven, so no change for JP. Zach Dick, number two, makes his way into the top ten. So as I, I don't like to see that, um, but based on your results in the in the past it's not surprising to see you in the top 10. So congratulations on being up there. Thanks. Um, I appreciate it. One, it feels good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. Uh, <laughs> up, up one from, from number nine to number eight, number nine, uh, up 14 spots. So a bit, one of the biggest movers this week was Mark Paulson up to number nine. 
and Dennis Musich was the only one to lose spots last week. He dropped seven uh, from number three to number 10. So uh, out of the top 10 from last week was Steve Rolfus, number four, fell to to 11th, and then Adam Holtz fell to 20th. Kind of a quick overview looking at this. It's we've, We have a lot of new names compared to where we were uh, in Kansas, after Kansas. And and something that really jumps out at me is we've got Taylor Schleiss, JP, and Mark Paulson are all rookies and in the top 10 this late in the year. So really cool to see some first-timers uh, getting some success and, and making the top 10 this late into the year. So, uh, Zach, any thoughts on the top 10? Anything that jumps out at you? No, just, you know, Mark Paulson had a huge move, so congrats to him. I love that guy in eighth place right now. I'm hoping that team can just keep it going and and uh, make, some, make some, you know, magic in, in the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I mean, not no big movers other than, you know, Mark Paulson and yourself. So um, nothing that's too not crazy me. there. That's, again, that is not me. That's that the is, original OG Big Sandwich? Orig- yes, that okay. is the original, just plain old – just big sandwich. Just it's plain Jane ham sandwich. Big sandwich. Big sandwich. Just a big sandwich. Not a not Fair a bigger enough. sandwich. So, <laughs> uh, but yes, he is in third, and that was a, a big jump for him as well. So, uh, we don't have a guest this week. Uh, we are going to try to get uh, Tracy Norton. We got Zach wow. leaving. Um, we're going to try and get Tracy Norton on this podcast. And we just need to convince him. So if you know him, give him some encouragement. And uh, we're going to try and have Tracy Norton on next week to uh, to talk fantasy NASCAR. So uh, Zach has stepped away, and it's just me talking. So uh, today's a, a good day. was able to adopt my stepdaughter today. So that was, was pretty cool. It's what I spent my day doing. Uh, and then getting over here to record this podcast. So it's been been a good day not as good as zach's who's gonna be filing insurance claims and worrying about his hailed roof and and there he's back he's he's back I, I held the podcast down while he uh took a shit so uh, <laughs> no i had to go i had to go say goodnight to live she was losing it so <laughs> oh, fair enough i understand so, that you got it. now you can you now you it. can edit all that out <laughs> i'll leave some of it in we were talking about the top 10 and i think we're, we're ready to get into the risers and the fallers all right, here we go. The biggest risers of the week. Rich Baird went from P42 to P21. Steve Rolfus, number three. At Rolfco, went from P79 to P59. Again, Mark Paulson, P23 to P9. Ron Boyson went from P54 to P40. And Jill Ronfelt went from P72 to P58. And you look at their teams... And basically, every single one of them had a combination of Larson, Kyle Busch, Truex, or Logano. All of them had Larson. Four out of the five had Truex. Kyle Busch was on three of the five. And Logano was on three of the five as well. So, obviously, those guys had good days. Or you know, decent days uh, enough not to uh, lose too many points and actually gain points there. So there's your biggest movers of the week, the biggest fallers of the week. Kerry Taylor went from P5, or P49 to P68. Chris Bell went from P26 to P42. 
as you mentioned, Adam Hoetz fell out of the top 10 to, to 20th. Fast Eddie went from P17 to P31. And Uncle Mike Wenthold went from P58 to P72. You look at those guys, you look at those teams. Fortunately, they had Willie Byron, Danny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, or a combination of the four. So, you know, those guys had some rough days, especially Harvick and Hamlin. So that's what really did those teams in. Uh, And and again, overall, some big movement and shaking uh, in the lineup. And, man, when when you just look at, you know, the top 24 it is a log jam and it's going to go until the very end so it's it's fun to watch and it's fun to fun to see yeah so let's let's talk about the top 24 um you know we've we've touched on on the rookies so the top three rookies we we mentioned are are taylor in fifth jp in seventh and mark paulson in ninth um so the playoffs 88 points between first who has 977 points and 24th uh, with 1,065. So extremely tight, and we are seeing a lot of movement between bottom teams and, and teams moving down from the top. And it's going to be very interesting. This last was 11 races we got left, 12? Something like that, yeah. So going to be interesting. So looking at the last four into the playoffs, if it were to end today, there's a four-way tie with 1,065 points, Patrick McMeekin, Eddie Bajer, Bigger Sandwich, so that's that's me, and Keeley Park are the last four teams that would make the playoffs if it ended today. Looking at the first four out, Bush, Bush, Busher with 1,070, so he's only five out of the playoffs. Ryan Brash, number two, Pat Beeson, and Fast Eddie, who is uh, 11 points out from the playoffs. So, like you mentioned, these these standings are going to change a lot in these next couple weeks. Um, but we've we've got a lot of teams that have a chance to to make the playoffs. So it's pretty exciting to see uh, all the movement and all the changes each week. Yeah, and if you think about it, you know we got a road course this weekend. You got a road course again in two or three weeks. You got Atlanta. You've got Daytona. It's it's going to be madness and, and some crazy crazy racing here down the stretch to try to get some drivers in the playoffs. So these these standings are going to have a lot of movement here before the playoffs. So it's going to be fun to fun to see how it all plays out. Speaking of road course, this weekend is at the world famous Sonoma Raceway. Fun facts about Sonoma: it's out in California. It's wine country. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We we need to to mention these are. Zach's track facts. Zach's track facts. All right. Zach's track facts. We gotta we gotta get it on record. It's call it what it is. Tracks facts number one. This race this racetrack was built on a working farm. The farm was it existed since 1900. They decided this is the spot they want to put it. They got it bought. They got it built. It opened in 1968. What was the thought process behind that? Why? What? What was the reason that they needed this land? Because they they just knew race fans were gonna love it. <laughs> all right, all right. That's my guess, and I'm sticking okay. to it. Okay. All right. Good. Fact number two. In 2011, they built a solar panel farm at the track 
that provides almost half of the track's energy needs. They also have a large recycling program that is considered state-of-the-art for a NASCAR event. Kind of reminds you, if you're a golf fan of the Phoenix Open, the Waste Management uh, Open, where they you know take pride and recycle as much as they possibly can. So this is the race on the NASCAR schedule that they, they try to do the same thing. So I thought that was pretty cool. Fact number three. This is, I think this is the craziest and best facts that we've maybe had so far. Oh, man. Sonoma has 4,000 sheep. You heard me right. 4,000 sheep that they house at the racetrack. And they, they provide natural land care. So basically, they let these, these sheep roam during the year and eat the grass and, and just keep the track clean, which I thought was crazy. That is pretty wild. So that's tra- that's fact number three. And, and number four is the winner sip from the Champions Goblin in Victory Lane. It pays homage to, you know, wine country. A lot of them, you know, drink wine uh, when they win. And it kind of reminds me of the Indy 500 when all like, the winner gets milk. So it's kind of the same thing, but instead of milk, it's wine. So I thought that was pretty cool. And looking at the driver facts for Sonoma, since February 2019, so there's only been two races since then because you had a COVID year in there where they decided not to go out there. But in the last two races they've had there, the best average finish is Truex. His average finish is second. Kyle Busch uh, is second with an average finish of 3.5. And then Kyle Larson's close behind him with an average finish of 5.5. Like I said, that's only two races. So I went back to all active drivers at Sonoma and Eric Jones Granted, he's only raced there four times, but has the best average finish out of all active drivers with a 12.8 average finish. And then tied in second with 20 races each. Just shows you how old these guys are. They're veter- the, you know, the willy veterans of the, of the sport, but Harvick and Kurt Busch have an average finish of 13.2. So those are the active driver lists. And the most recent winners, Truex won in 19. 20 was a COVID year, and then 21 was won by Larson with Chase and Truex finishing two and three. So if you think about it, Truex and Chase, they're your they're your road course ringers right now. They're usually up there in the front. With this new car, though, I mean, Chastain won the first road course race this year, so I think this is going to be a complete wild card. You don't have to be a road course ringer to win this race. I think if, you know, the right guy, the right spot, the right time, I think anyone can win this race, which makes it makes it kind of a wild card in my opinion. All right, so taking a look at the betting odds, we got Chase Elliott as the favorite, uh, Kyle Larson 7 to 1, Truex 8 to 1, both really good road course racers. Chastain, Kyle Busch 9 to 1 and Almendinger at 12 and 1. So, um, no surprise really that Chase Elliott and Larson and Truex are the favorites for for this one. So, I think it's time, Zach. Let's let's make our picks. Who you got? Okay. Uh, so if you look at betting odds, if there's a wild card or or you know more money, more bang for your buck per se, I would I would throw some money on AJ Allmendinger. Colleagues had some fast race cars here this year, even though they're they're a one race car team. AJ Allmendinger knows his way around road courses. He's really good at them. So if I'm a betting man and you want to throw some money down on a kind of a wild card driver he'd be the guy that i would choose just based on the 12 to 1 odds but if i'm just going to go with just a straight winner of the race 
I'm going to go with my boy Martin Truex Jr. He is mm-hmm. knocking on the door. Yeah, that was coming. His car is fast. He needs a win so that he stops thinking about retiring and he thinks about you know the playoffs, the championship, and maybe driving again next year. With all that being said, my money and heart is in Mar- is on Martin Truex Jr. this weekend at Sonoma. I think that's a good pick. I'm going to pick my favorite driver because he's really good on road courses. So I'm going to pick Chase Elliott. However, I, I, I will throw a – I don't have the the odds on him, but if I had to pick a a just a wild card, I would pick Christopher Bell. I don't know if you – are you able to pull up the odds on Christopher Bell, what his, what his odds are? Because I bet yep. he is uh, pretty good value. That's actually a pretty good wild card, too, because he, he – uh... If I remember, he does pretty well on road, road courses. He won a road course last year. He did. I can't remember which track it was at, but his odds are sixteen to one. So they're even more of a wild. He's even more of a wild card than Almendinger. But yeah, those two guys. That, that, that'd be you know two drivers that you're just looking to throw throw some money down, and that's not bad odds. Yeah, I agree. So, so we got a road course this week, and out in California, right? Yep, wine California? country. Yep, Northern California. So, so it, does that mean it's, it's an it earlier start time? It's a, it's. I think it's a man. It's like a three thirty start time. So, it uh, it's doing. kind of a late one for the West Coast, but it's a, uh, it three you know o'clock. it's a road course race, and it's only I think it's one hundred and ten laps. Uh, so they used it's, to do. Didn't they used to do races at like noon or one o'clock? Like. It's a three o'clock race. I just looked at it. Yeah, it's it's kind of late, but they. I mean, yeah, they used to do twelve and one, but I they just keep pushing them further back. I, I don't know if it has something to do with TV or what, but it sure be nice if these races, you know, started at twelve or one and got over by four. But unfortunately, they just keep going to six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Which all is the money, it is. Zach. <laughs> it's, it's all about the money. That's right, man. So. so all right, man. I think that's it. Uh, we've got episode five done. Uh, we are back. Thank you for for being patient with us while we took a week off. Hopefully, that will be the last one. Hope to have a guest next week. And uh, enjoy the race this weekend, Zach. I'm, I'm just going to say right now, with, with Tracy Norton leading lead the standings, I think he's our guy. He has we to gotta, be. So. we got to try to make it happen. T. Nort, we're coming if, for you. You see him at the west side. Tell him he's better get... His ass on the podcast. We're coming All right, for Zach. Nort. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. Have Another a good, good rest podcast. of your night. And uh, yeah, enjoy the race this weekend. All right. You as well. See you later. All right. It's no days off. Take no breaks. You in my lane. You in my way. You cross that line. It ain't your day. I lost my mind. I need my spine.